Oh, look at the time. Look at the time. Would you look at the time? It is 820. It is Monday. It is Toronto. That means one thing and one thing only. And you already know what it means, friends, because you are here. You are listening. And what are you listening to? Well, it's none other than the Toronto Beer Podcast with me, your host, Chris Schreier. And let's just get right into it. Rob Curry, what do you got for us tonight? for us is our delightful theme song that is link Raygun off the ep we are the curry brothers link is in the description i don't know why i gotta keep telling you go ahead check it out it's a hell of a record hey you know i appreciate that you're watching or listening to this here podcast i enjoy making it i enjoy the thought that other people enjoy listening to it i assume that's why you keep downloading it there are other beer podcasts out there, and I do enjoy those as well. I don't obviously uh, make those ones. I just get to enjoy listening to them. And wasn't I pleased to hear myself reference not once, but twice, albeit one time Chris did mispronounce my name, uh, on, on Ben Johnson's Beer and Bullshit podcast. Oh, the pride, the honor. It really meant, uh, meant a lot to me. It got me down here in my heart. Down here in my feels, as the kids would say. And with that in mind, I decided tonight I ought to repay the favor. And so tonight I'm doing a beer review in honor of Ben. It's a style I know he loves. Uh, he's gonna, he's really going to enjoy this one. And so, Ben, this one's for you. Tonight we are drinking Neon Haze, New England-style IPA from Amsterdam Brewery. Gosh, if I don't love me some Amsterdam, and I do like this beer. Had a few this weekend, so I've had some time to consider this one. Not doing this one blind. Oh, yeah. Hey, let's get this poured for the kids at home. There we go. Got it in the old Cameroni. That's the technical name for a camera. <laughs> Jeepers, creepers, I'm loose as a goose. Want to make sure we get uh, the little dreggy bits in there. There you go, Ben Johnson. What do you think of that bad boy? What do we got here, friends? If you're listening to the podcast, let me describe to you an opaque, dare I say, orange juice-esque looking uh, IPA. Lovely uh, sort of deep yellow color hinting at orange in the middle. I wasn't really pouring with head in mind, but uh, we do have a nice little pancake of dense white head on this beer. Good golly, it's enticing. I can smell the aromas drifting up to me, just massaging my olfactory senses as we sit here discussing. So I'm going to stick my nose right in there and really let it give me what for. So let's see what we see. Mm. So this is, as it mentioned, a New England IPA. It is jacked with juicy tropical fruits. What am I getting here? Well, I mean, orange and like juice, not peel, like orange juice could be tasting with my eyes. It's been known to happen before. Uh, 
like stone fruit, definitely very peachy, maybe a little uh, little apricot in there, maybe almost a little dried apricot. Mmm, that's real nice. A bit of grapefruit, maybe grapefruit peel in this case. Some like bitter grapefruit peel. I'm trying to think if I'm getting a multi pop off that. I think I am. Um, you can, I mean, just looking at the color, so I'm going to be like caramelly. It's there's um, maybe a little, little biscuity malt to it. It's not like doughy bread. <laughs> well, let's just drink it. Let's cut out these preliminaries and get right to business. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Whew. It's an interesting take on the style. Mm. Mm-hmm, 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 Okay, so the citrus now... More grapefruity, sort of pink grapefruity. Definitely with some peel, but also some juice, without a doubt. There's some lemon to it, uh, sort of the fragrance of the peel more than anything. Not too much of that lemony bitterness, but like a fragranty lemony kind of peel. There is still a bit of orange juice going on in here. The peach thing is still there, and you're going to understand why, but it's dropped a little bit in the profile on the palate, and that is because it actually has... <laughs> A fairly assertively bitter finish. I mean, it's not a West Coast IPA by any standards, but when you think about some of the East Coast or New England style IPAs that we're getting these days, where there's like almost no bitterness at all, like I don't know, like they they give you a calculated IBU a lot of the time, but you got to take that with a grain of salt. But you get the impression if they like lab tested it, the IBU might only be clocking in in like the 20 range, which is like normal for like some loggers. Uh, but yet they're just dense with aromatics. This beer, it's fairly dense with aromatics, but has, as I say, a fairly notable bitterness to the finish, which I'm not going to lie uh, I'm, I'm here for, um, I'm, I'm, I'm being a little facetious by the way, when I dedicated this to Ben, because Ben is on the record as hating, uh, you know, opaque, orange, juicy clarity level, uh, IPAs. Uh, and one of the things that I've, I've even in conversation with him, heard him rant about is that new England IPAs are sort of like, uh, like juvenile versions of beer because we've removed the bitterness, which was like the interesting part of an IPA, just kept the aromatics and made these like simple fruity IPAs to drink, uh, but that they're really for like, the subtext is that it's like for an underdeveloped palate. And I'm not going to say I disagree. I think there's a reason why it's such a popular style. But it is interesting if you've had um, like a heady topper or a focal banger, which probably aren't historically the first, but are certainly looked at as sort of the benchmark for uh, a New England style pale ale or IPA. 
they both actually do have a fairly assertive hoppy bitterness to them as well. Uh, it's easy to kind of forget that. Um, a, because uh, we don't get them much here in Ontario, so people will forget. And they'll have like uh, like a Life in the Clouds from Collective Arts, which is a beer I'm very fond of. I, I, I drink that semi-regularly. Um, but it is a beer that does not have much in the way of alpha acidy bitterness like physical bitterness in the mouth it's predominantly aromatics uh juicy fruity lovely um this one here it does it's got a bit it finishes quite dry and hoppy mm. as i say definitely still some peach juice in there that dried apricot thing not as as present on the palate um i can still smell it but uh you get so much. I said pink grapefruit initially. I'm going to go back on that. It's more like white grapefruit because there's this very convincing assertive bitterness, uh, which is very consistent with white grapefruit. Um, interestingly enough, and I say that this because I've heard people and, and even some people who I trust uh, <laughs> uh, comment on, on this specific beer and beers like this, there's um, quite a bit of tartness. I actually don't really get much in the way of tartness off this beer, like in terms of actual physical acidity. No. It's bitter. And it's fruity. And I, I wonder if the fruity thing tricks people's brains a little bit. But there's no acidity to this, this beer to speak of. I mean, which is to say, yeah, beer is itself acidic. I get that. It's, you know, it's not wildly acidic, but it's like high fours or low fives, I think. Um, you can fact check me on that if you want, but it's around that, I'm pretty sure. Um, so it is, a, it's an acidic beverage, but in that, this does not have a, the tartness of like a, a sour beer. Um, it is just a lot of white grapefruit, some orange juice, lemon peel, Peaches, all of those are things which can make your brain think, uh, aha, sour, but it's not. It's uh, it's pretty, pretty tame in terms of that, but it's delicious. It uh, there's an almost minerality. Hmm. This is a thing that you get sometimes, and I'm trying to remember. It crops up. Uh, is it Galaxy does this sometimes? I think it's Galaxy. I sometimes get this note that's, um, well, minerally. Um, chalky isn't quite the right word, and also chalky has such a negative connotation. I try to stay away from that. But yeah, this... It has to do with the bitterness. This sort of, mm, minerally, kind of quality. Which is interesting. It's not quite the same minerality you'll get off of like some white wines, like a Sauv Blanc. But it's in the neighborhood, which when you consider the fruits that you're getting in here, not so much the white grapefruit, but those peaches, a bit of apricot, maybe a bit of lemon peel, maybe a bit of orange. It actually does sort of get towards white wine territory, uh, which is kind of cool. Again, it doesn't taste like a white wine. But there's a lot of um, similar uh, flavor components within the beer 
that you could kind of connect to that. It's pretty cool. Hmm. Got a fairly moderately creamy mouthfeel. It's not even like quite medium bodied. There's a nice weight, nice density to the beer. Carbonation's right where I would want it to be. It's not super bubbly, but there's a notable active carbonation, which again, with that mouthfeel and then also the um, intensity of the hops, um, you want some carbonation to kind of keep things light. Um, and yeah, the finish, uh, lingering hoppiness tending towards grapefruit and lemon peel. Juiciness is kind of gone. The hops really clear that out, uh, leaving it, as I say, fairly dry, not quite astringent, but fairly dry uh, on the on the finish with yeah, just this nice lingering hoppy thing. On the palate, oh man, malt? Mm, oh, maybe. Couldn't tell you. I still smell that maybe sort of biscuity aroma on the nose, even as I'm drinking them, but it, it is, again, very hoppy, uh, which is, well, I, th I think covering that up uh, on, on my palate anyway. And who am I uh, to say that my palate's always right? Your mileage may vary. Uh, a really delicious beer, uh, one that would annoy Kevin Freer and Ben Johnson. It just reminded me it was they were talking to Kevin Freer and they were teasing out uh, uh, orange juicy beers. And Kevin was like teasing about uh, about beers that look like they have cottage cheese in them because there's literally chunks of flocculated yeast particle. In fairness to Amsterdam, yeah, even held up to a light, I don't see any any yeast chunks, uh, which is a good thing. I mean, I'm not afraid of some yeast and proteiny stuff, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I'm actually kind of with Kevin on that. You can, that that can. That can get bad pretty, pretty quick. It is, of course, worth mentioning Amsterdam. Oh, that's a Goose Island glass. I just noticed that if you're watching the video. It looks, that logo looks really good against that background, but let's turn it this way. Um, and, and, and apropos of what I was about to say, if I turn it this way, you can't see the Goose Island logo because this beer is opaque and Amsterdam does own a very efficient centrifuge so this beer could be fairly well clarified although I wonder because you can run a beer through a centrifuge at, at different levels of intensity maybe that's why there aren't flocculated yeast chunks in it is because they fused it which is what the cool kids say uh, a little but not a lot um, alternatively, if you drink a bone shaker, bone shakers are, are quite uh, dark malt profile, but the beer itself is it's not uh, brilliantly clear. Like, I, I'm pretty sure it's not filtered, but it is pretty heavily centrifuged. And typically you can see through a bone shaker, like, again, not brilliantly clear, but definitely transparent. Uh, neon haze, as you can see in this glass. Uh, the opposite. In fact, if you're looking at the video, you can even see that the bottom is like darker than the top. Like there's, this is an opaque beer. Funny enough, I've got an empty uh, Space Invader can here. Space Invader is somewhere in between. Who knew? Uh, but this is Neon Haze. Mm. I am fairly sure I bought this at Loblaws. I think I bought it at Loblaws. 
uh, on on Saturday after rugby practice. Pretty sure that's where I got this, and you can get it there too. You can also get it at the brewery. As always, you can order online. Um, I was on the Amsterdam online shop uh, not that long ago, and uh, it's it's one of the beers that's available, by the way, in a fifty case, fifty five zero. Uh, that's pretty cool. <laughs> I don't know if I would necessarily get through 50 of those before they would get old, but uh, if you're having a party and you got people who like their boys hazy, you can get a 50 pack. 50. Just feels weird saying that. For the record, in case your math isn't strong, that's two two fours plus two beers. Just, just so you know. Um, I remember back in the day, Amsterdam used to do a summertime deal. Uh, back when beer was almost exclusively in bottles in uh, in this city, and you would get the Amsterdam bottles and you could get a 25 pack and it was just a 24 pack and they would take one extra bottle and stick it in upside down and it would kind of poke out of the top of the case. <laughs> like you couldn't stack another thing on top of it because there was this upside down bottle in the middle sticking out. But I, I feel like back then it was like you could get 25 of blonde or nut brown or like one other beer. This predates the existence of Bone Shaker uh, for like not a lot of money. Like I want to say like 30 bucks. It was pretty good. It was a pretty good deal. Got that more than a couple of times. But uh, anyway. Get it on the online shop. You can go to either of the breweries in Leaside or uh, in uh, Queen's Key. They'll likely be selling it there. You can go to the brew pub at Queen's Key, and I bet you can get it on tap. Or the Barrel House, which is right by the East York Brewery. I think that that's still there, and it made it through COVID. I mean, they got bought by a giant brewing conglomerate from somewhere, Germany. I can't remember. Um... So they should have the financial backing to keep that going, unless the new corporate overlords said, no, no, that's a waste of time and valuable resources and shuttered it. I haven't driven by there in a long time. I don't get to that area of East York all that often. But when I do, I head over to Capital Sweet and Samosa to get a bunch of really delicious samosas. Anyway, that's where you can get this. Hey, let's talk about food, but I want a sip of beer. really is quite a good beer impressively bitter just gonna keep keep mentioning that and hope that you keep picking it up because it is it's building as hoppy beers tend to do now what are we going to eat with this it's actually a bit of a challenging question you know uh, and i was thinking about this as i was describing it and when i was thinking about the fact that it was kind of reminiscent some of the flavor components like to a white wine um, my mind was starting to go there, but the thing is the bitterness is so, so assertive. A lot of those things that we would talk about, like, like, uh, like a more delicate fish or something might, uh, might kind of get lost because of the hop in, in, in this beer. Uh, so I'm actually kind of going back to the drawing board. I will say as a quick side note, and I have another, um, probably another correction but uh after the last episode when i did the uh the half fight spear from uh 
uh, 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 I was going to say Denison's, but it was Godspeed uh, with Michael Hancock, formerly of Denison's. Uh, Michael and I had a fairly extensive text-based conversation, uh, and uh, he was, in general, very pleased with how pleased I was with his beer. Uh, He did point out a few things. One, for instance, I think I was calling it Arbeat, and he said it's actually, it's Arbeit, and it's like the orbit is almost like O-U-R. It's not quite our bite, but it's like Arbeit. Um, and it means, I think, struggle, no, hard work, maybe. I think it means hard work in German, which is a bit of a nod because Godspeed's slogan is made with struggle and love in Toronto. Um, I think that's what he told me. But he also mentioned that wheat beer, in addition to obviously going great with um, German, German fare, uh, is also a beer that really hits on a lot of the same um, flavor zones as, as a white wine. And uh, so a lot of the time, if you're thinking about food with it and you want to not do um, typical German fare, doing a... Uh, uh, doing anything you would do with a white wine, a cream-based sauce or a fish dish or whatever, typically goes pretty well as well. With this beer, which, by the way, if you've just tuned in, Neon Haze from Amsterdam. Yeah, because of this really a sort of bitterness, um, it's not quite... Yeah, again, you can't go with something where, like, a delicate white wine would work, because this beer will just beat the hell out of it. So instead... I really should have been thinking about this while I was talking. Hmm. It's funny, I want to do something spicy, and I, I know I do this a lot, but I think we got to go Thai. And, uh... Yeah. You, you know what? Shrimp saute. Like, so not just shrimps that have been put on a skewer and barbecued and dipped in peanut sauce... That's not shrimp saute. Shrimp saute is um, marinated in a a spiced coconut cream. Uh, There's uh, galangal normally, which is like Indonesian ginger. It's it's different though. I mean, it's gingery, but it's it's different. Um, Typically, you've got some turmeric in there to give it a bit of color and a bit of taste. Uh, There might be a bit of garlic. There's always some palm sugar or just white sugar if that's what you have on hand. But you need a a proper marinade on that shrimp because then what you're going to have um, so there's not much in the way of that fruity quality but that fruity quality is going to add complexity to the, the shrimp uh, but the hoppiness is, as I say quite assertively dried um, when you do it that way the the, the saute is it's quite um, it's quite rich and so the beer will help like counter that and uh, depending on how you eat your saute, uh, I, I do enjoy mine with some peanut sauce, but, but sometimes I make my peanut sauce. And, and by the way, again, Indonesian peanut sauce, um, not like, uh, not like a Vietnamese peanut sauce. It's different. Uh, what you'll mostly run into 
like if you buy it in a jar, it t that that typically is more like a Vietnamese style peanut sauce. Um, uh, Thai style one's quite sweet, but it can also be quite spicy. So like sweet and spicy. Um, if it's spicy enough, the bitterness of this is going to really work well with that. Alternatively, you could also be adding like some sambal olek uh, onto each uh, uh, saute. That'd be pretty good. I think it'd be better than pretty good. It'd be pretty kick-ass. If you wanted to do it vegan, you can do uh, um, chunks of tofu the same way. Uh, obviously, it's going to be texturally different, but uh, and it won't and it won't taste of shrimp, but it will taste of everything else, uh, which is pretty good. That's a pretty good option. Obviously, you can also do beef satay um, if that's your jam. Uh, fun fact with beef satay, you can use like the very cheapest cuts of beef you can get because what you're doing is cutting it through the grain thin and then again you're marinating it uh, in, a, in a marinade which, you know, maybe isn't as, as aggressively tenderizing as um, some others, but it certainly will help uh, add uh, moisture and, and tenderness to that meat. And then uh, the one thing I will say that's kind of fun about, uh, about making beef satay is... Uh, you do this, so you cut it through the grain, against the grain, like right through it, into these long strips, and then you sort of, uh, like, when you skewer it, you're kind of, I don't even know how to describe what you're doing. You're making like an inchworm kind of shape, and then you kind of jam it together. And it means that the, the saute ends up being like, you know, over a centimeter thick, even though the meat itself was cut fairly thin. Uh, but you get this nice, thick, uh, heavy skewer of, of, of beef. Um, and again, same flavors, uh, difference being that it'll taste of beef, not of shrimp. Um, and th that would work fine too, but I would actually probably go a bit more delicate. Go with the shrimp in this case. Not bad. Mmm. I don't know why this just occurred to me. Oh, probably because it's on my mind because, uh, <laughs> we were just watching a Brooklyn Nine-Nine with the kids uh, yesterday, and uh, this food uh, <laughs> figured into the storyline. Um, this beer would work really well with takoyaki, uh, which is like uh, those savory Japanese octopus balls. They're like a... Um, you want to be careful using the term dumpling when you're talking about um, Japanese or, or, or Chinese or other Asian foods. Um, more in the context of like what we would think of like a dumpling as being like a dough ball um, with stuff mixed into it and like uh, and then and then it's fried. Um, but it's got octopus in it. And uh, again, fatty, uh, fairly rich uh uh, food with a very dry, hoppy, uh, bitter beer. They're gonna the the beer is gonna clean up for you after the, the each bite, um, and then as well again this this fruitiness would really add some interesting uh, nuance to the takoyaki. That could work really well too. I appreciate those are two seafood dishes. I did give you a tofu option, so that's all you're gonna get out of me tonight. Mm mm mm. That is. Uh, as noted, a pretty good beer. And what is it? It is Neon Haze from Amsterdam Brewery. Oh, look, my darling wife just joined. Little does she know I'm almost done. Hi, babe. Um, Neon Haze from Amsterdam Brewery. Get it, like, wherever you buy beer, you can probably buy it. Amsterdam has that kind of reach these days. Uh, super yummy. New England IPA. Uh, more bitter than... Uh, 
I think a lot of people would expect. Uh, but again, nowhere near like a bone shaker or a West Coast IPA, but a very assertive hoppy bitterness. Nice white grapefruity, peachy, lemony, orange juicy. Uh, yeah, tropically juicy kind of beer. Real nice stuff. I like it a lot. And uh, Ben Johnson and Kevin Freer. How do you like that apple? It's actually a beer. Anyway. Uh, I know I typically will talk to you about stuff that's going on, but um, not a lot's going on. I, you know what's great is going on with me, and it, it impacts you not at all. Uh, I, I'm going on holiday. Uh, not going on holiday. That sounds like I'm going somewhere. I'm on annual leave uh, next week and then the following two because I'm, I'm off for three weeks. This has never happened since I've gotten a real job. I am ecstatic about this. This is... Uh, this is so cool. I can't believe it worked out three weeks in a row off. I'm going to have forgotten how to do my job by the time I get back. I'm so excited. Uh, anyway, I'm going to keep on podcasting. So don't you worry about that. Uh, this is not like when I take a break on March break, because that was just a couple weeks ago. That's the other thing. I was off for March break and now I'm off for this. <sighs> oh, and when I get back, like it, it will not only be spring, but it'll be like later spring when it's actually getting kind of hot. Oh, so excited. I'm going to fish. I got a rugby training camp to go to. Got to file a taxes. That's less ideal. But, you know, we're going to get it all done. It's going to be a great time. Oh, I've got a bunch of rugby admin to do. Oh, so good. Speaking of rugby, mentioned it before, but registration's open for everyone from four years old up to as old as you think you can play rugby at. You want to play for Bomb? I'm even wearing a Bombing Beach shirt right now. Uh, YouTube, can you see it? There it is. Come on out and play with some rugby for Balmy Beach. You will not regret, regret it. Ooh, that was a real mouthful. Easy for you to say. Hit me up if you're interested. I'm always keen to get more people playing rugby. Really, it is one of the best, probably the best team sport out there. If you, if you ask me, and you did sort of by listening to this podcast. Anyway, that'll do it for tonight, kids. Uh, thanks for hanging out. Do pick up some Neon Haze from Amsterdam Brewery. Super delicious. Uh, take photos of it and send them to Ben Johnson and Kevin Freer. The hazier, the better. And uh, do listen to Ben's podcast if you don't already. I can't imagine why you would listen to mine and not his, but if you do, give his a good shake. It's a, it's a fun little podcast, especially now that he's got his levels sorted out and every episode sounds the same as every other episode I've listened to of other shows. It doesn't all of a sudden get very quiet and you have to be like, turn up your volume, turn up your volume, turn up your volume. Um, it's a lot better now. He's doing great things. And his buddy, Chris, who I've never met, but has the same name as me, uh, is doing good things too. They even read out my, would you rather question on the most recent episode when they were interviewing Kevin Freer. So, uh, that's the tease. If you want to hear what my would you rather question was, you're going to have to listen to that episode. It's a good one. It should spark extensive conversation, and it didn't in the edit of the podcast. That's all I'm going to say. Have a great night. I'm going to be drinking something this time next week, and I hope you come along and check it out, because whatever it is, it's going to be delicious. And will I have a guest? I mean, I keep saying I'm going to. It's probably not going to happen. Now that I've said that, it might. We'll have to see. But I will have something delicious. We'll hang out. We'll talk. And I'll be on vacation. 
I'll probably be wearing like a Hawaiian shirt or if it's hot, maybe no shirt. Who knows? I'm on holiday. Sue me. Anyway, uh, we'll talk at you in seven days. I hope you have a great week till then. Be good out there. And uh, yeah, talk to you then. Bye. (laughs) Thank you.